Yeah. I don't actually know if you can update. I don't know. It's like, right. why, should, why should I even care about that? I don't know. Well, bam! There's a clap. And you got the new mic, so it's shaking everything now. <laughs> a small mushroom crowd. I'll, I'll blow into it, and it'll be like... Wah, wah. <laughs> Welcome back to Wood Aaron Game Meadow. over. Game <laughs> over. I have no idea what episode we're on now. 33? 33. Like 33. Hey, this 33. is a good good year to die on a crowd. No, we're not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Definitely a little sacrilegious, but, you know, or as Homer Simpson would say, sacrilegious. Um, it's delicious. <laughs> yep. But, uh, yeah, episode 33, continuing off where we left off. Allow me to myself to introduce myself. But uh, anyways, so the question that I posed at the last podcast at the end, where we luckily stopped it, otherwise we would have just kept going and been really, really tired, uh, talking about the uh, transcribing software, music notation software. Yeah. And we were talking before about how good instruments make things easier for a barrier of entry to start learning, like better quality, low action, the easier it is to play, the easier it is to play. I mean, it's redundant for a reason. And yeah. that's a good, generally, it's a good thing. Like, if you can get something that's high quality and cheap, awesome. You know, if not, you know, th th I was just talking with somebody the other day. I think it was one of my students. I'm like, you know, it's a catch-22 because if you're highly motivated, it doesn't matter what type of instrument you're going to get. You're going to be on that thing. You know, even if the accent is three inches high off the fretboard, you're going to start to learn on it regardless. But if you're like moderately interested and you have that same scenario, you're going to be like, yeah, this is too hard. Forget it. So, but that's only uh, one aspect, though, right? We talked about the fact that where if you have a crappy guitar, like I started on, I think Matt Hollenberg mentioned it too, like starting on with like three inches off the. Yeah, exactly. It's like, like it, well, you then you spend six months trying to figure out how to get an F chord that's basically impossible because the first fret's this far off. Mm -hmm. And even now, I probably couldn't do it, you know, um, where the person who's like, oh, this is really easy. <laughs> yeah. They could like, like move on to the next phase and they don't, you know what I mean? And so you it actually slows you down. Yeah, it limits yep. you. Yep, absolutely. You know, but it also gives you that much gumption for when you get a good instrument, you're like, what? Well, one sense you can catch up to an extent. Yeah. So. Well, let's step back a second, though. Um, you're talking about notation software. Yeah, I mean, let, let's be fair here in that notation software, even the most elementary version and like difficult version to use is in a lot of ways still better than paper in a sense for the beginner because you can get that feedback of what your thing That's sounds like. Literally gonna so say so even the, the worst of them, even the most difficult, like... I, I never got to use the ones in the eighties or whatever. Like the yeah. what's what's that thing called? The big synth that everyone used, the uh, that like Zappa was famous for. No um, idea. I will use the internets to find no, out. No, you're actually Synclavier. Synclavier. The Synclavier. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know how that that actually worked, but I think you bought like a whole computer. <laughs> you know? And I think it was very much like type this code in and it will give you this note kind of thing. Um hmm. <clears throat> So, and he wrote like all kinds of crazy stuff in there. And, he, and for him, it was amazing, right? Because one, he didn't have to pay musicians to play his music back for him, which yeah. we, we've sort of gotten 
we don't even think about that. We don't even think about the fact that if you write stuff like I did here, um, and incidentally just had this here that I wrote down, um, you know, if I want people to play it, then I have to pay them to play it, basically, yeah. right? Um, and if I had 30 pages of this, you know, for each instrument, like that, like you just even hear it is an amazing thing and that we get that from this software. Yeah. So even That's, the uh, most crude and difficult to use in some ways is better than that. But then you might say, well, then Tim, why did you write this down on here? You know, Tim, why did you write that down on there? Because it's way easier. <laughs> so there's, there's a flip side, right? So there's a, I, I much prefer writing on paper. The problem is that you can't share this with anyone. Like, I mean, this is fairly neat. Um, yeah. All things considered, you could probably read that. Um, but I mean, I wouldn't want to trust it on a gig for the most part, like handing out sheets. No. Um, no also, sorry, one sidetrack while I'm thinking of it is like Jack Shantz. Yeah. Um, how he used to make money was he was, he used to be the guy that wrote these things out. Like he was a scriber. Like that was a music, a musician skill Fraser. to write wait, 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 are we talking transcribing or engraving somebody else? Engraving. Yeah. I'm talking about engraving. Yeah. So like the really neat hand, yep. like the, this looks really pretty and looks like what you print now. Right. Um, that was easily legible and stuff. There, there, that was a, an occupation for musicians at one point. It still is. Like, not even handwritten, just using the software and typesetting. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. But, yeah, it, at the time, it was, was kind of like a draftsman. The draftsmen are mostly have switched to AutoCAD and stuff like that, right, instead of doing it by hand. But, and actually, I, I would say, because I, I work as an engineer, and I used to work with a lot of CAD uh, draftsmen, but they're all CAD. Like I'm not even sure any of them could actually draw anything on a piece of paper. <laughs> yeah. I'm almost I'm almost certain they couldn't. So they don't even learn how to draw anymore because it's considered not important. Because the real skill is or the real need is to put it in a legible way. And the way to do that in the engineering industry in general is things like CAD, which is computer aided drafting. Anyway. Yep. Similar to these notation softwares. Yeah. Door writer software, notation software, whichever. There's many ways to call it. It's the same thing by many different names. But like when we, well, when we went to school, there was basically two big camps. Yeah. There was Sibelius and Finale. And like, you know, we sat there with trebuchets and lobs, music scores over against each other, attempting to destroy each other's software to an extent. You know, it, uh, when I got into it, you know, I remember what was that Mac Gamut? That was that stupid CD software that you had to do all the transcribing in that you spent more time. <laughs> it's a Mac Gamut than anything else. I don't like, even remember. I didn't put that in there. Yeah, it was like uh, I think it lasted for like a semester at the school in yeah. terms of like thing. But either way, it was really annoying because it's like one misclick or and you had to be so precise, but it was so small. It was like mm, this is annoying. Can I just hit E for E? No, I have to <laughs> use the mouse. Um, and that kind of is, is uh, you know, taking that same principle of a good instrument being an easier gateway. It's a matter of is 
good software does the same thing apply to software if it's a better written easier to use software is that going to put somewhat of an advantage to the person that has that versus some you know open source thing that's out there and not that any open source is bad i prefer it personally but um that being said because i just was going through a big thing where i used to be like huge sevalius sevalius was it that that's all they would use and i love sevalius 6 i saw sevalius 6 was amazing and it was it is really good i know guys that still use it they refuse to upgrade their computers they're like nope because seven and they're absolutely right when sevalius went to seven it was like exactly how did you make this worse with the next one like you took away all the easy access stuff and everything else that was already in front of you and easily seen and usable and got rid of it and then I, they heard a little bit of the complaints because eight was a little bit better. Yeah. It was still set up more like a word processor menu than something where you have all your musical options directly available. So I kind of lost a lot of steam when I was using eight more than anything. It was just, sure. let me back up a quick second though. When I went to decide quote unquote on which software I was going to use, I basically sat down with trial versions of both and went, I didn't open the manuals. I was like, let's see where I can just get started writing. Like, that's it. I just want to... Of, of which two? Uh, Finale and Sibelius. Because okay. those were the, the big You ones mean, like, fun. 20 years ago? Yes. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for that shot. <laughs> Holla. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that was exactly it. So it was basically a matter of, like, okay, so which one can actually get me writing first? Right. It was Sibelius. Because Finale was, like... You had to hit three different things to get the. the you, right. you know what got me? So I I was always using Finale, yeah. same deal, except Finale. So there was like the full version of Sibelius and the full version of Finale, which I couldn't afford either. Yeah, and so there was Finale Print Music was the like lower version, which actually did basically everything I needed and didn't have like I don't even remember what was the difference. You didn't have, but to it was like John Cage. But it was like a hundred bucks i'm gonna you could do all kinds of crazy like i could have 30 40 instruments and weird time signatures and stuff and it was fine and it was 100 bucks so that was my time determining factor as opposed to spending like 300 dollars or whatever on sibelius or finale 300 dollars is the educational discount on that like it's yeah. 600 bucks usually yeah there pocket. you go right yeah, yeah so that, that it was just like it was out of reach so the only thing that was in reach was the print music one which was even out of reach i think there was one lower but it was like it didn't do odd times or something so yeah. i um since i'm the odd time person <laughs> as i look at this it has like 10 8 on it but yeah. uh uh anyway um yeah so that was my thing with print music oh the other thing was or it was finale well the nice thing was there was some compatibility across finale versions. So playing with bands, everybody I played with for the most part was using finale also. So we could share files sort of. Yeah. And, and this is a big problem. And I don't know if this is a problem with Sibelius, but there's no backwards compatibility with finale or there used to not be. And it there, sucked. There is with Sibelius. It's annoying. It's not a guarantee that it would, show up completely right but it would at least open it and be like not, at least 90 percent of the way there usually yeah, it was well, pretty i should good, say there's but... backwards compatibility but there wasn't forwards compatibility so what would happen is somebody in the band yeah, somebody sent you like version would, eight yeah we were i was using version 2008 and they were using ver version 2010 and so my, i couldn't open their file yeah it's yeah. like what 
Sibelius, I got around that by saying you had the option to save it as you know Sibelius five or four. Oh, or right. I don't. You couldn't you do could that, but, but you could save it as like an XML thing. Yeah. XML, then, but it would always like screw it up. Some, especially when there's like a lot of the groups I play with odd time signatures again yep. and weird, weird. Uh, they didn't just stay in one key or whatever. So there would always be this weird like quadruple sharp C you now or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it, it does like that. It did that. I just did that when I switched uh, recently. Like, because uh, I was just getting sick of using Sibelius 8. I couldn't stand it. It was yeah. always super slow. And, and you know, there'll be, it, it's one of those things where when I absolutely have to use it like crazy, I got more fluid with it. In it in, yeah, and, sure. and that, you know, it's like, but most of the time is spent practicing the, after the arranging is done. Yeah. And, so as I was, it was just royally becoming a pain in the butt. And so I started to look at other options. And one of the big ones that everybody pointed outside of Finale was Dorico, which is by... Uh, Personas, I think? No, not Personas. Uh, Personas is Notion. Uh, Dorico oh. is by... Oh, it's Steinberger. Oh, okay. And that they actually formed because when Avid bought Sibelius... Steinberg. Steinberg. Okay. Uh, they... Uh, when Avid bought Sibelius, they fired all the engineers that made Sibelius 6. So Steinberg was like, hey, would you guys like to come over to us mm -hmm. and build software? We so have lots of places for you. Yeah, exactly. And they basically recreated Sibelius 6 under a new name of Dorico. And it's fantastic software. It was great. I, I really enjoyed it. I got like a 30-day trial of it. And I'm like, oh, this is fantastic. Well, I'm being redundant. And I actually uh, I know of a guy that uh, does engraving. And he'll do original engraving in Sibelius, and then yeah. he'll take that like near finished one and move it over to Dorico for tweaking because there's more options with the uh, typesetting and everything, whatever else the engravers will do. Um, so that kind of happened uh, with him, and I, I enjoyed that. But it was again, Dorico was like priced out for what I wanted to spend, um, and I like to own software. I can't stand general subscription things when it comes to software. It's like just. Let me give you hundreds of dollars so I can own it and not have yeah. to worry about like if I have an internet connection or not to work. Uh, that's and it ends up being cheaper, especially. Oh man, like I hate that every time I start a session, I have this subscription thing which I really love, like Puglin Alliance stuff. They're yeah, yeah, it's great. It, they're really I couldn't recommend their plugins more. They're very good, and I do the thing. But every thirty days. It's not really that annoying, but it is annoying. Like it, it's like you have to update. The, like sometimes I'll push play and it doesn't work, or like you mm -hmm. only hear one thing or something, and I'm like, what the heck is going on? And it's like you have to go in there and then you have to log back in and say like, yeah, I'm, I'm, wait, my waves has just did that to me when I logged in today. It's like you need to right. resign. Like, damn it, you know it's my computer. I literally mm -hmm. type a password. So the wave, the waves one, I do have like the waves platinum or whatever. And I paid for like the whole thing, right? Hey, the, by the way, it's don't ever bad. buy those like for full price. You can always wait till like Christmas or whatever. And for like 300 bucks, you can get like a hundred plugged ins from waves or whatever. And in that yeah. platinum deal, do that. Like just as a yeah. pro tip. That, wait for the sales. Like, you know, last year, Black Friday killed me. <laughs> it was very bad in terms of that, but let's stay on topic. Sorry. The music. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah, and I'm trying to keep us focused. Go figure. But uh, as I'm well, but I think this is all part of the setup, right? It is. So we're because we. I want to say that it's all these things are good, 
Yes. Right? Absolutely. Yep. But you get to a certain point where they become limiting and frustrating. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. And that's what caused and there, me. There's now what? new options beyond Sibelius and Finale. Yes. And Adam and, just recently did an evaluation. Yeah, I switched over. Uh, I switched over. Like, I tried out Dorico and I really liked it. But again, it was pretty expensive and they didn't they had an educational discount but i just couldn't justify the money to 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 do it it was like ah at the time i didn't need it but then um i read about presonus and they have this thing called notion and uh i i run everything via presonus uh, studio one that's my recording software so i'm like shoot if this integrates great with that in terms of midi and everything else this is going to be awesome and it does it's like absolutely flawless interaction i can export it to studio one and studio one right back to the notion thing if i do anything midi that's it so it's great it was funny one of my students is like well like how do you write and i just like took a screenshot i'm like with notion like i I write it in actual musical notation because that's a little bit more i'm more fluent in that than i am with like watching midi stuff uh by a long shot so it's like i can see it all and and i can hear it in my head and if i need to hear it i can hit play and then uh, it just switches back and forth seamlessly. So I got Notion, and literally, like, within the first 10 minutes, I was flying around it. It was very, very intuitive. Absolutely loved the interface. You know, there's a couple of things that I... The only thing that I would love to see in it is that when you go to... If you wanted to change keys of an entire thing, they have it so that it's set up intervallically. So it's like, I want to change this down a major sixth. Not like, no, I, I want it to be in E. Like, so you, you have to know how stuff is in her yeah, And right. that's kind of annoying. It's not, I mean, it, it's literally, it's like two seconds to just think. Yeah, okay, I mean, that's how the finale one. is too. If you want to transpose stuff, it's just yeah by it, what uh, amount. And then that gets a little funny. So does it fix, you know, sometimes if you're like in a sharp key, let's say, say you were in E major, but you wanted to go to, I don't know. C sharp or something. Sometimes it like does some weird stuff where it like qu- puts like quadruple sharps in or something. Yeah, like it, it doesn't that... quite know like how to deal with it or something. This, it does that if you don't click change key signature. Mm. Like that was the first thing that I was like, what the hell is this? This sucks. <laughs> you know, I felt like I got gypped and then I went back and like I redid the process and there was a little box that says change key signature. Yes, that's the point. Yeah, right. <laughs> e-signature so I, I clicked that and it was like Whoop. okay cool there it is um you know and that uh, was really helpful mm-hmm. and it's just the zoom it, it the other thing that was crazy about it is it was such less uh i don't know if this is technically true but i know that at least in my experience it was uh definitely true much much less of a memory hog like mm. ran absolutely super quick whereas sibelius would always kind of be like catching up with things yeah. uh, as I was putting it and it, that was, uh, and this was like the latest version of Sibelius. So I was like, what the heck? Um, yeah. I noticed that with finale. So I, I do have, I think the version I have is probably 2019 of finale. Um, but uh, it was the same deal. It didn't. Um, I just saw a mouse. God damn. I've seen so <laughs> many, but there's been like, I've caught like six or seven mice recently. Nope. Yeah, I see it. <laughs> you see it, the there little it mouse? Yeah, that's, it's actually, <laughs> actually a baby. So I think there we actually found a baby earlier today. 
Anyway. So you're getting so welcome to homeownership. There you go. You're a Disney movie. I, you, you know, it's funny. Beginning. <laughs> I hope I hope my youngest doesn't ever see this. <laughs> but we found a baby one today, but it was not doing well. Like it's left its mommy or whatever, you know, and it yeah. was not surviving. But they took I caught it and then they took it outside. And this evening, it like they went and checked on it and it was dead. Right. Oof. So she's been crying all night and just sad about it. But I could go get you that one. <laughs> Be look, it's alive. She's alive. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, the same goldfish. <laughs> totally, totally the same goldfish. <laughs> no, I get it, dude. I get it. Oh man. Anyway, oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, like the Disney movie reference. You know, it's like you murdered the parents of the Bambi or man, whatever. Man, I don't know if you could. You can't tell in the video, but I mean, those things are only like that yeah. big. Yep. It's, it's a oh, I know, dude. Guy. We had, like I said, we had the uh, Maltocalypse over at our place because yeah. we were getting eaten out of house and home. You know, it's like, what the heck? So I set up eight mouse traps at like 10 o'clock in the spots where we knew where they were kind of like round. Yeah. And where he's like, ding, 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 ding. It was like this drum fill of mouse traps. And you could like hear them scraping. I'm like, Julie's like, oh my God. Just wait, they'll stop. They're gonna die. And we only have eight traps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's and like it uh, was... what was that dirty Harry or whatever is like <laughs> how many bullets do I have left? <laughs> Not even counting. <laughs> oh, that's so morbid, but it's funny. <laughs> so <laughs> So it's like, you know, I just wait till the, the the scratching stops and just go in and throw out all the traps. I'm like, Well, looks like we got most of them. And we did, but we still had a problem until we called an exterminator and then yeah. he's like, Yeah, you're surrounded by forest and it's cold. They're gonna come to the house, but he put some stuff out there and problem was solved. Yeah, let's stop anyway. talking about <laughs> mouse apocalypse. Yeah, let's not yeah, let's not talking about the mouse. Mine are safe in the house. I I don't like the yeah. Anyway. Well, when they were getting them the food, that was starting to be a problem. It was like, hey, that loaf of bread has been eaten by a mouse, so it's got to throw out the whole thing. You know, yeah, that sure. bag of apples, that this, it's, it's not exactly sanitary. What about stop? Does it make sense to you, Adam? <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh -oh. Did I just see another one? <laughs> now they're just screwing with you. <laughs> well, my wife, she was like, you know, if there's one baby, yeah. there's a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing too is when the babies come out, it's because the parents are not providing food. I think the other words are might dead. have been caught. Yeah, yeah, it's just the way it is. <sighs> you got to get your cats on the game, man. Come on, my cat's twenty. I know he's but... like, hey, what's up, man? Hey, <laughs> yeah, just leave me alone. We're all good. So... <laughs> and then my my dogs are all old too, except the youngest, and she doesn't care. Yeah. Yep. Our dog, the the rat terrier, would go berserk if she saw a mouse. And that's what Kate's like. How come our dogs don't go after them? I'm like, because we need like a terrier. Yeah, that's the what the terrier would go get it. Right, a rat terrier for a reason. I yeah. guess like they had a contest, and the one rat terrier that like it was like 300 mo mice in a minute. That thing killed. <laughs> like they would just grab it and just you know grab it. It probably doesn't even necessarily mean to, oh. but I mean, a dog biting a mouse probably doesn't go very well for the mouse. No, not at all. And Luna, our little rat terrier, well, it's funny that your dog's pet. named Luna too. I have my youngest dog is Luna. Yeah, and there was some guy down our street. Not you, obviously, but yeah. had a dog. Like we're walking our dog, and he had his dog out in the yard. And the dog ran up, you know, and he's like Luna. And so our dog was like, "The hell!" Yeah. And we're like, "Hey, that's our dog's name." 
All right. So now that we're sufficiently off topic. Yeah, see, since we're going down that road, it's funny this morning. Sometimes to get my youngest up, I'll speak Spanish. And she has like the Google Chrome thing in there because she likes to listen to music when she's going to bed. Um, anyway, I'll be like, hey, Google, how do you say Rose? It's time to wake up in the morning, you know? And I'll say, and she goes, hey, Google, how do you say um, Luna in Spanish? And it's like, Como se dice Luna in English? Because it was like Luna's already Spanish, right? So, yeah. so it's like, anyway, um, no, that was my good. random. How many were so far off topic? This bunny trail is all leading up, you know. So back to the Notion software and so on. So, anyways, long story short, I'm absolutely loving Notion. Like, it's great. Um, outside of that one key change thing, but that's really just a matter of like formal nitpicky complaint otherwise it's handled everything from mix meter polymeter crazy tuplet stuff that i just like everything that i could put it through the ringer and all of the work that i'm doing the music xml thing feature like i just basically went through sibelius and grabbed everything that i was like all the projects that i quit because of frustration yeah. and sent them out in music xml and brought them in and there's some tweaking i need to do with it you know it's and it, that's more typesetting than anything else most of the keys and accidentals and uh everything were fine some of the ties need adjusting but uh after adjusting the typesetting to a point where it like looked good it's like okay like the spacing of the notes and everything else yeah. after that it was like okay cool now now that's it and it's like i'm almost ready to delete sibelius i just want to make sure that i got everything <laughs> that i wanted from it out you're actually gonna I, delete but, sibelius yeah it's gone man i mean i hate avid to begin with and this comes from a guy that was total pro tools till a bug lost me two months of work twice. And that, that was like, okay, I'm done. I, if I can't do that. And that's when Neil Zaza turned me on to studio one and I grabbed it and it took a little bit. Studio one is like a hybrid of logic and pro tools, like in terms of the interface. So some of the stuff was very intuitive and other stuff. I was like, how, how the hell do you do? I just want to do it. But other stuff in it is wickedly cool. Like the song yeah, sure. the Ranger tool is like, if you're doing anything in terms of like a, a ternary form or just like a pop song with verse, chorus, verse, bridge, it is like copy pasta, man. You're just click, 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 click done in terms of layout. You know, obviously you can do more editing with that, but in terms of yeah. getting a shell of a song, it's like instant and it's so easy because it's well labeled and you can just slide it around and it copies all the tracks and everything. I was like, that's, that's I feel dirty, but I'm going to take the win on that. So <laughs> it's like, all right, I'll, I can live with myself. I'll just drink that away and can go with the, whatever works the next uh, morning or, and so on. But the, uh, I absolutely, I, I really like it and it's integration with everything. I've used the open source stuff like MuseScore and yeah. uh, the notepad, I, is that the right? Uh, like the finale, the, not, the finale, there's one called finale notepad, but no, I don't, not there's it. not much you can do with that, I don't think. Maybe it's score cloud because it's uh, basically, it uh, goes, it's, it's online only. So you have, it's basically Sibelius online, but not Sibelius. And it works well for what it is, but I ran into the same issue yeah. one of my students did when I had him do a project. I, I'm like, you need to arrange this whole thing. And he was using it online, and then he lost his work just because it didn't save right online and everything else, and that was it. I'm like, yeah, that's why I stopped using the same software. You know, you're better off just to – if you can keep it on your computer, you're better off because you lose it. 
it's you can't even look through your like history of a time machine and pull sure. it back out. It's gone. It's in the cloud, and the cloud has rained, and it's done. So uh, the Muse score is interesting because it, the open. I love open source stuff. Uh, like I think it's great in terms. Like that's why I use LibreOffice for everything. It's like yeah, screw you, Microsoft. I'll take LibreOffice, and even though the Mac software for Office is supposed to be really good and free, I don't use that. I still use LibreOffice. Maybe that's uh, the the Linux guy in me. But like MuseScore tends to do a lot of good things well, and plus it's free, so sure. you kind of win on that one. It's just the problem with those is that at certain levels of professional interaction, people get sucked into a software thing like surveillance only or finale only and that's why you know avid is what avid is because yeah. they own everything and they're at the top tier and everything talks to it and, or has to talk to it is a better they have that a pseudo monopoly on that um yeah i think even like um when you use like if you were going to get a book published by hal leonard or something like you have to use finale's script or whatever because that's the only way they can print those books or something Hmm. It's like, but it's either like Finale or Sibelius, right? It's going to be one of the big ones. So you get sucked into getting one of those if you're publishing a book with them. I don't know if that's still true, but that used to be the truth. Uh, probably what, I don't know. I mean, nowadays things have opened up considerably. Like I know guys that use Guitar Pro all the time, electric guitarists. Like Neil yeah, but it doesn't, it doesn't look that great. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, it's good for certain things, sure. It, it's good for lesson. I got some. I got some online lesson books um, from Al Joseph. Yeah, who's electric guitar. It, I, I really like his stuff. Have you ever used? I mean, it, it seems tedious to me. It is ridiculously tedious. I'm like, why like, would I do this? Notion is so much easier to use. So much easier to use. For I'm anything. really impressed because some people I know. There's a couple people I know that do uh, like really hard stuff. It's like. Alan Holdsworth songs or uh, Ben Monder or something, and they're doing it in, in Guitar, Guitar Pro, Pro, and you're like, God, that's got to suck. You would like, have better luck sitting there with a pencil and paper and drawing the oh, staff. Oh, it'd be way easier had... with pencil and paper. Um, I can't imagine that. It seemed... But there must, not they the must get really good at, like, the key thing, like the shortcuts yeah. or whatever. I, and maybe well, that's, just... that's 90% of it right there. You know, it's a, if you know the shortcuts, it's going to be easier fundamentally. But the... We were basically hammering on the thing of like barrier of entry, how easy it is to just get started. Yeah. You know, and that's between when it was between Sibelius finale, I was like, Sibelius, I want an E. I pressed the E. Just without knowing anything, I just hit the E letter and think, like, there, I think that was on pitch too. Like, there it was. Then E was, and the high staff was, I'm like, oh. No, you weren't. <laughs> Dude, you're tuned to an F. That's not an F. That's a low E. Yeah, I know. But going with a high E. I know. <laughs> All right, fine, you prick. <laughs> so much for my perfect pitch, which I don't have. <laughs> so, um, you never will. Nope. Once um, it's, you either got it or you don't. So. How about this? We're sidetracked. Do you remember those perfect pitch? Things you'd always see in the <laughs> you know, advertisement in the back. Yeah, I bought that. Back. I bought that yeah. forever ago, like 2001 or something. <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, it's funny. I used to think that was really important, but uh, the fascinating thing about that is he's not wrong about it in a way. So there's this little exercise at the beginning of it where I think it was like an E flat and a C or something. 
and he tells you what to listen for, and you can hear it. Like, you can hear the difference between, and it's not just the pitch. There's actually, like, a coloration because of the harmonics of the E-flat compared to the, I can't remember what it was. I'm pretty sure it was an E-flat and, like, a C-sharp or a C or something. Maybe it was an A. You could hear, though, you could hear, like, the A had this more, like, sharpish sound to it. And then the E-flat had this sort of, like, soft sound because of the way the upper structure harmonics worked on those notes. So you could actually hear the difference. (laughs) Anyway, but it it was kind of like, well, okay, so maybe there is something to this. Like, maybe you can actually learn this because it's like now you've been given an insight to actually hear the difference. And it wasn't just because of the piano he used in the... The yeah, that, I, that was like, going to be. I checked it on the guitar. You know, it was the same deal. Like you could hear it. It didn't matter what guitar. It didn't matter what piano. It didn't matter. It was a thing you could hear. Hmm. So it's kind of fascinating. But the, it's like you can't. At a certain point, you just can't remember it. Like you can't remember it well enough to be trustworthy. Hmm. Or at least I and couldn't. That, <laughs> and even Rick Viato. And one of his videos had a video on, like, can you lose your perfect pitch? And his answer yeah. was yes. With age, you can, for sure. Yeah, or like it's, almost everybody does, right? Yeah, mm. it, it, almost everybody does. You need to have that point of reference. Like, uh, you know, to, and then you get guys like Jacob Collier who can sing in tune regardless of – like a piano can be tuned, but it's still out of tune. But yeah. he can sing the notes in tune if you just play the fifth, he'll sing the third. That's completely in tune. And then you'll hear like the off key. If he yeah, plays yeah. it, I was like, God dang it. <laughs> you freak, <laughs> you know, but it was still cool, you know, and, and I really like his ideas, but um, I don't know what music software he uses for notation. I know he uses logic. That's his recording software. Oh, is like, it? So he might, what is the logics thing? Isn't there like a logics built in thing? It has a thing built into it. I I've never used it though. I mean, I don't know how much he notates any of his stuff, though, because... Yeah, well, that's the question, is, like, how do you notate a major third in four steps? Like, how the hell would you do that? Because most of his stuff is vocal. He might do it for fun, but, I, I, yeah, from what I understand, he basically sits there with a microphone mm-hmm. and just, like, yeah. you know, and then he does another track, and he's like... Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> you know, then another track, and then he puts them all together, right? And then, like, yep. um, we can get into Jacob one day. Like, <laughs> most trained musicians, in a lot of, in some sense, could do a lot of that stuff that he yeah. does. Um, but I mean, can't fault the guy's like work ethic. Good lord. No, dude, the guy is like he's ridiculous. He he really is. I mean, I can and I can appreciate everything that he's doing. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a monster. Yeah, total monster. And he's so I, I mean he's a great out. improviser too. There's yep. a really cool video of him with a. I don't know if you're familiar with Corey Henry. Corey Henry's a pianist, keyboardist, yes. whatever. Yeah, plays with um Snarky Puppy. Snarky Puppy. Yeah. If you've never heard the Lingus solo, like go online. Send me that. Like a while and ago. watch it after this. Or watch it right now. Pause this video or whatever. It's probably more important than this video. <laughs> go go watch Lingus and come back. Um, 
it's one of the most amazing like just solos build up from whatever and it's Corey henry and it just implies all this harmony and stuff on it it's super awesome but anyway there's a cool jacob collier playing piano with Corey henry thing and like they're both just absolute monsters right yep and they have they can go anywhere like harmonically and the other person hears it and they can go with them and it's it's really high level awesome stuff and they both can groove uh, particularly Corey. um so anyway yeah yeah uh, what does it have to do with notation software i don't know we started going on another tangent but we can pull it back so we were t- talking about logic with that well so yeah i mean so this comes to all kinds of things right so we were talking about how the f chord can be really difficult and if you had a certain demeanor it's already difficult you know when you first it's hard to remember at a certain point like what struggles you had to go to even get that but mm-hmm. uh pretty much yeah. every guitar player you ever met can be like oh yeah the f chord <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're like they know what you're talking about yeah it, um, the bar chords are the barrier right there and i tell well, that but it's student. even like man you do like an a bar chord Mm-hmm. on the fifth fret and it's not so bad but doing that f chord was like nearly impossible um for a long time until eventually it's not a big deal and then mm-hmm. you sort of forget that it's even a big deal and now it's like oh, you don't even think about it you just do it yep um so sometimes it's hard to go back to that but uh if you had a prs or something <laughs> like day one yeah, and maybe no, it's not it. so bad. I don't know. I actually don't know. Yeah, you know, some amazing well, playing I, guitar. I, it's pretty easy to just put together logically a PR. If it's a Paul Reed Smith, like even if it's an SE, the general build quality is pretty darn good. Yeah, and that's going to make it a hell of a lot easier to play those types of things. I mean, it's an electric guitar, so the action is super low generally. Yeah. Unless you get like a PRS that fell off of a truck and some guy tried to fix it himself but didn't know anything about it, you know, and just like overcranked it or put too much relief in the neck and he's got 13 right. on it, you know, um, it's it, that then you're going to have a problem. But uh, generally speaking, it's going to be okay uh, for sure. Yeah, my, you know, my 10 year old can play acoustic even like when the action's low and it's really not that like it doesn't hurt her fingers that much and she really yeah. doesn't play very much mm-hmm. and when i say I that very much i'm talking like once a month for like 20 minutes yeah same here yeah. in fact my son's asking me to restring the the classical that we have here because the string broke um yeah, yeah she's, asking, she's asking me to restring it too actually incidentally all right i'll do it i keep forgetting to just go buy strings i, d- I did buy strings and we cleaned up a bunch and I'm not totally sure what I did with them, but <laughs> I just got, I've had him for like two months and she's like, are you going to do that yet? And like, yeah, <laughs> of course it's on my list. Dang it. Another not mouse where, but it's somewhere. Man, on I've list. seen like four of them. I think. Dang dude. You need to bring your cat down there and just like not feed it for a day. Your mouse problem will go away. Know, these, these little ones, they're not going to make it right. Nope. Nope. They're like all they're, little they're, ones. I haven't seen a big one at all. Yeah, that's like I said, you Disney movie them. <laughs> that's that, I'm gonna try to make that I don't a know thing. If you see that one? Yeah, I see that one over there. So just be careful when you turn on your amps. You know, they could be hovering by the uh, tubes for warmth. Oh man, this one going down this rabbit hole. One time I brought home. Uh, I don't even see. Almost, I think it's in my car because I did a gig. Um, I have a Fender Hot Rod Deluxe, mm-hmm. and I put it down you know like i brought it downstairs after a gig and then i came like a week later i moved it and there was a mouse under it 
like a dead mouse. Like, oh, it must have just been like the right timing. Yeah, it's like, like I didn't know. I had no idea that it that it happened. But speaking of timing, so it's finale. Yeah, the the odd times that I was tying that in intentionally a little bit there, uh, oh. with the stuff that you're doing with smart music. Like, have you tried any other software besides just Finale, or has it been like Finale? Oh, wait, like, no, 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 that's a great question. So, no, I I, I probably know Finale the best because I have used it for like 20 years. Um, I'm not that old, but somehow I've been using it that long. Um, <laughs> But uh, you're, say you're younger than me and take the win. I don't care. I, I am younger than you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's you know that's not that important. I will. <laughs> it's gonna be the title of this episode. <laughs> this, this is not that important. That's pretty much what I named the last one. I think I have to come up with a new one. No, I meant I'm younger than Adam. It's <laughs> oh. not that important. <laughs> So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, and, uh, um, yeah, so I've known Finale for a while and I basically know how to get around it. And I have a lot of music, it's, especially like gigging. A lot of times it's like, okay, I wrote this chart 10 years ago. I'm going to send it to somebody and uh, kind of go from there. So anyway, I... I don't really like using it. It's kind of a pain in the butt. And I much prefer doing this. Yeah, hands right? down. Hands so, down. So, um, in I can just, it's just like I can write from my brain to here really quickly. And I just don't do it enough to be good at all the shortcuts. Like, I just don't really remember all the shortcuts. Like, for myself, I think the big reason why I like the song, it, it depends. There's two paths with this for me. If I'm writing something original, pencil yeah. and paper, hands down, every single time, clearly. Because almost in one sense, hearing the notes kills my creative thinking when I'm just thinking in my head. Not that you don't yeah. want to hear it. Sometimes I just want to click on the compositional devices without having to worry about the pitch and just use that type of thing um, to an extent. And then if I'm transcribing, though, if I'm like doing an arrangement, totally into the software, like yeah. 100%. And it mainly happens to be like, all right, the first thing is the initial note dump, basically taking it and just going right right into the, the software to just get a layout and see how it works. Yeah. And then that opportunity of being able to go, oh, I want to change the key to this and see how it looks. It's just, good Lord, the time oh, saver. Yeah, no doubt. And it's, especially if you have multiple parts to, like, yep. you know, multiple instruments. Um, yeah, so I did, I did go down the path of trying other stuff, So, but I didn't try all that much. I tried Muse Score, which I thought was nice. Um, there was a couple of things, I, and I don't recall what they were now, that I struggled with figuring out how to do it for something that I was writing. And I was like, crap, I don't know how to do this. And I couldn't quite figure it out. And the Muse Score, the problem with the open source is you can't always find good help for it. Mm -hmm. Um. But I did grab staff pad and sta what staff pad is, is when you actually draw it with a pen Yeah, and you have to have yep. the, you have to have like the Microsoft ink style. I think it's only Microsoft, Microsoft ink style tablet, which is not all of them are like that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, or a computer or whatever that has that capability basically I mean it has to be like pretty high pretty good at um doing like you could do really good drawings writing. and stuff 
It's, it's made to be like a, a drawing tablet. Um, which I have, which is one of the reasons I bought this particular computer. And you have to use an active pen. That's what they call mm-hmm. them. Um, which means that basically it has a battery in it. But anyway, and it, and it has like the Wacom, um, Wacom's like the yeah, people who is- draw digitally, like they use that kind of pad. So all these kind of things had to be in place to use staff pad, which I got a computer that supported that. Um, and it works pretty well. Um, where you can just write this mm-hmm. and it turns it into, it's pretty cool. Like you're doing it and then it yeah, starts and- to turn it into like the real thing. The yeah, problem is what- it's not always extremely accurate. So you have to fix stuff sometimes and it can be a little annoying, that's but it's still like with notion. Yeah. Still, you can be like, ding, 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 you know, draw the lines over top of it, you know, put 10, eight or whatever. And it just like, fills it out kind of nicely um and i guess they have a a new update but i haven't i was finishing so many projects that i haven't been writing a lot of stuff out recently yeah or if i do i write it like this so i don't forget it notion does the same thing because they have their software available for like a literally a tenth of the cost on ipad like it's 150 bucks is what i paid for the software with sweetwater and Knob Creek, just because we haven't mentioned that yet this episode. But <laughs> Knob Creek general, helped inform the decision to buy that software. As with most good decisions, you need a good bottle of Knob Creek yeah. to move forward. Anyways, so Notion comes out at a, uh, for the iPad at like 15 bucks or something like that, 15 to 20. And it's the same thing, like same interface and so on. But you can buy the handwriting module for it for like another seven. And it's just, you'd like zoom in on a bar and there it is. You can just write it in with a pencil. Clink. And it's generally pretty good, but it's the same thing. Every then and again, you know, particularly if you're playing, like writing in a minor second, you know, the, the smaller intervals tend to be tougher to. Yeah. I, I, I like, I know I had to learn certain line shapes were better than others. And also I'm lefty. So I think a lot of it was geared towards right-handers and just the way the way the lines when you're right-handed go a certain way when you're left-handed go another way, right? Yeah. So it it's like well a right-hander doesn't really write this way ever and a mm-hmm. left-hander never writes this way. So there there's this weird spot now and you actually have to set it up the Windows ink thing in your computer you have to say I'm left-handed basically. Because what happens is the palm of your hand can screw it all up. So yep. it's expecting the palm on this side when you're writing instead of this side. So at first, when I first used it, I didn't know that. And it was like, <laughs> it was like everything was just getting all screwed up the whole time. And I'm like, what the yeah. heck? Like, this sucks. It's um, falling apart. What the? Yeah. So anyway, I guess they do have a bunch, a ton of new updates in the last year and a half, which I haven't used it in that time. And it's always going to get better. Like I can't see them. Well, they, like, so they. So. What's funny about the staff pad one is they did the initial launch, and it was pretty good. And they did some minor updates, but then they like basically didn't do an update for like two years. And they're That's like, "Hey, we've got a big update coming." Blah 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 blah. We're sorry it's taking so long. Yada, 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 yada. Then it finally came out like in 2020 something. So I haven't well, checked. I'll have to actually. check that out. 
I mean, the other thing that I've been hunting for, like in addition with the Notion software, which has been great, like in terms of buying that iPad, I always went back and I went, well, you know, we talked about it forever. I went back and forth for like six or eight months. It's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Nah, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, I'm going to. No, no, not going to do it. This is stupid. I finally did it. Like I found a great deal. Yeah. And I got it. And it's like teaching with it is ridiculously awesome. That's like, cool. It's so cool because I can write out. I literally like write out the entire lesson. It has a feature where I can save everything in a PDF book for the student. Like in, oh, that's in, in cool. So like I name the files their name right. and I write it out and then I can email it to them at the end of the lesson, which is great because then those students have zero excuse for I don't have my music. It's like, oh, surprisingly enough, it's I have in the right cloud yeah. and it's in the cloud. So you're screwed. Uh, <laughs> no more excuses. Get your crap together. Uh, <laughs> have, any of your, have, have any have any of your students listened to this? Uh, yes, I think. I think one. They're all good with it, though. So no, it's just I didn't mean it like that. I was no, just curious if they actually did or no. Not. Yeah, I, I've had some of them drop in on it. Um, nobody's coming in and talk to me about the latest episode type of thing. <laughs> but uh, you know, the one that does listen to my it, my mom uh, will be contacting you. At yeah, exactly. <laughs> you said something mean, hun. You have no idea. No, it's uh, the one kid that I think has been listening to it is in uh, Spain right now. Oh. So doing like an overseas. So no, he, he did. He got it. the Luna joke earlier. Right, probably. And he also just bought a guitar from like the shop that Pepe Romero and everybody else ah. uh, got their guitars from, like Pepe. the oldest guitar shop in Spain. I'm like, just don't get rosewood because you're not getting it back into the States. It's stupid wood laws. You're going to have a problem if you get Brazilian rosewood. At least I still think that's a thing. Yeah, um, I wonder how that really works or not. I don't know. It it probably just you know how many people travel around that yeah, have exactly. rosewood fingerboards and stuff. Like I don't know. Well, yeah. I don't think it's a fingerboard. It's Brazilian rosewood. That's where it is, and they never use yeah. that for the fingerboard. It's always back and sides. At which point, you've, it's probably a matter if you get one TSA guy or one like inspector that's just being a dick or having a, a hard day. He's gonna be like, oh yeah, well you know we're gonna screw this guy and take this guitar. You know, I think that's why uh, some classical guys. I don't want to name their name because I'm not sure if it's true, but I know that they bought a second super high-end guitar to travel with because uh, the one that they owned originally was Brazilian Rosewood. They're like, if I take this out of the States, depending on the country I'm going to, they'll seize it, you know, yeah, regardless. True. So they're like, let's get this other one that's Indian Rosewood and it doesn't matter. So uh, just to kind of... I wonder how they would know. If the, like I said, if there's an inspector there that knows their stuff and they just decide to be a jerk, you're screwed. Like you're literally. Yeah, but let's say it was Indian rosewood. How do you tell them it's Brazilian? Oh, you can totally tell the difference between Indian and Brazilian. Absolutely, like the the grain and the coloring are are dramatically different between yeah. the two. Yeah, I'm just wondering. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking yeah. about the TSA agent or whatever you know. Well, a TSA agent, you know, well, <laughs> let's leave that generally alone. But um, it, it's not necessarily them. It's like the like the import export guys. Like yeah. when it, it's a different layer. Like I, I don't know if you. Well, you've been overseas. When you come back, yeah. it's a whole different process of like they go through your luggage. They check for fruit. They check for this. They check for that. They check for like every little thing that could be uh, not indigenous in the United States. Uh, or Ooh, wherever you ooh, hot tip, hot tip. 
Okay, so there's TSA, like there's the global entry thing you can buy, yeah. which saves a ton of time when you're coming back to the United States. I've flown a lot out of the country. Um, but I'm trying to remember where it is. There's mo oh, mobile passport. Download that on your phone. Like no one ever knows about it. And when you come back in the States, there's the line with like 8,000 people. And then there's the mobile passport line. And they're like even telling you in the line, like download mobile passport. There's another line over here you could get into. And there's never anyone in it. Even like I flew through, the last time I came back, right before the quarantine, I was in Scotland. And I came back in, through JFK, which is almost always oh, horrible. Yeah. There was no one in front of me. I literally walked up, scanned my mobile passport thing, which is free to get. And I was through faster than the person with the global entry thing, which there was actually a few people ahead of them, which is really quick too, actually. But it's, it's just kind of funny. I'm like, I actually oh, beat crazy. you with my mobile passport thing. I've <laughs> always meant to get the global entry thing because I know it eventually comes in handy, especially if you fly through certain airports. But uh, JFK is usually one of the worst places to fly back through. Yep. And uh, anyway, my... It was just kind of funny. So there's a pro tip. It's called Mobile Passport. You can download it on your Android phone or your Apple phone. I was like, I'm kind of psyched about the uh, driver's license on the phone. Like, as soon as that becomes proper in Ohio, I don't know if I'll even carry a wallet anymore. Like, cause I, I basically, I've, I've just set up my shopping so I go to places that just take Apple Pay. It's super convenient. Just like you know, boop, boop, click, you know, with my my watch paid you know yeah. i don't have to take anything out of my wallet it, it, when i have to use my card it's like what really what what type of barbarous place is this you know yeah right <laughs> fine i'll take my card out and pay for gas you know what um, i always hate the they have the tap thing you know like you can you can either swipe it or stick your card in or there's the tap and when i forget to do the tap when i see it i'm like oh you know. <laughs> for total first world problems yeah. you know usually I, that's where i'm like with my, with my watch you ever, you ever notice uh <laughs> going off topic again um yeah, sure. just how anti-social the whole thing is like when it's like you buy stuff and then the whole time you're just like looking at this thing while you're swiping your card and it asks you like 30 questions and <laughs> You're like, you never look up and actually see the person that did all the, you know, everything. I make a point sitting, of talking to them. Well, I know. <laughs> you, you, like, you actually have to make a point to do it. Yeah. Like, you're not interfacing with them anymore. It's yeah, like, you don't hand so, them the like, card and they swipe it and give it back to you type of thing. Yeah, yep. it's not like, hey, how's it going? Like, you you kind of do that maybe right at the beginning, but as soon as you, like, they get hold of the stuff, you're, like, sitting there. All right, what's your child's uh, blood type? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that gets it. It could it could get ridiculous. Will but... your child be donating any organs today? Yeah. yeah wait, what? <laughs> what, the, what the I just want the milk, man. I'm just, I'm just buying, buying milk. milk. <laughs> Come on, it's seven o'clock in the morning, and I'm out of milk, and the kids want cereal. Just let me go. God, how about Here's oh man? Back. How about another sidetrack? Like early COVID, you know, um, you tried to prevent your times you were going to the grocery store. Yep. But occasionally yep. it was like, crap, we're out of cat food or something. Yeah. And you're, and you're like, I just really need to go get cat food. 
And it just seems it always seems like so awkward because you would go yeah. there. And normally well, that, everyone I, was like filling their carts and like so they didn't have to come back for like a year. And then yeah. you're you're going like I'm just buying cat food. <laughs> like I couldn't wait because I was an irresponsible owner and I totally forgot to buy it the last time I was in Imagine here. guitar players going in and buying all these strings right. <laughs> and everything else. Oh man. I just uh I would always time my shopping for super late at night. Like as late as I could possibly go in the oh, evening. Yeah. And then um that's when I actually signed up for like Walmart Plus for the delivery. And hopefully it doesn't automatically go through. It's, uh, no, I think I got to fill like February. When we actually had COVID is when I signed up for that because I'm like, I can't leave the house. I could barely stay awake for more than 10 minutes. So it, it was just like, whatever. Like, Here, honey, just use the phone, order food. You know, for the kids, I was literally getting DoorDash McDonald's every day. They thought it was great. Nice. I'm like on the couch in a, with a fever and body aches that I couldn't believe it would hurt so bad. And then it's like, sweet McDonald's happy, delivered. Happy I'm meal. Like, yeah. yeah, happy meals and more teen type. I'm a guest. I don't care. Just, just let me suffer and recover here. Just get it over with. But uh, yeah. Oh, Anyways, so the uh, <laughs> the but all in all, I think that there is a smorgasbord of notations for that you can pick from. Lots of them have free trials. Everything yeah. does. You can grab like I mean, make sure you got the hard drive space because you're going to be downloading gigs and gigs of information between Dorico, Sibelius, and Finale, and that's not even counting like instrument libraries if you decide to go that route. And I did that with Notion. I I paid a little bit extra and got the entire. And surprisingly enough, Neil Zaza does all the electric guitar sounds, and I think acoustic guitar sounds on it. But Benjamin Verdery does the classical guitar sounds, which is like. Ha! I got his fingers now. <laughs> click, 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 click. You know, and it sounds pretty decent. Yeah, exactly. Well, it doesn't sound that good. You can till, still tell they're just like, okay, play an clink, opening. Clink, 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 yep. clink, clink. Yeah. And let's just let go. Um, but it, um, it is pretty neat <laughs> Okay, so here's a question. What makes a notation software easier for you than another one? Like, why? why is it better? Like, why is it more intuitive? What did it do? has everything to do with intuitive and that's the subjective aspect of it like it's easier because it's easier for me that's why i'm using the, the thing it's like for in my thinking okay but how do how do you do how do you write so say you had to write a right, c well, you had to write a c chord just a standard c chord well, i input thing. a c chord like say it's a quarter note so i hit q for quarter note yeah. click on c that puts a c in and then i just hit the the number keys for the intervals, you know, three, three, there it is, two thirds. And there's a C chord. You know, if I wanted to do it in guitar notation, obviously I'd add some other stuff on there. But, uh, or, and I don't even use, I haven't even used the tablature feature of it. I just, so you would be that. like three, three, five, or whatever, four, three, three, something like that. No, well, it stacks, the interval counts the latest note that you put in. So if I put a C and I hit three, it puts a third above it. And then I hit another three again, it'll stack another third on top of that. So C, E, G, there's a C chord. So that that's how I would enter that. That's what I was saying. So but if you were writing like a guitar chord C, that standard C. Yeah, three. So it would be C, or well, it'd be a low E, yeah. then a sixth, then a third, then a third, then a fourth, then a third. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Okay, that's how you would normally write it. If I was doing a guitar C, yeah. That and so writing pushing C click so 
let's presume it's at B1 and you, it's already that, that thing's there. Mm-hmm. You would press C and those numbers and expect yeah, that's it. Because expect I know the it you would expect it to be that chord at the end of that. Yeah, absolutely. Sequence. Now, the, uh, the difference is if I was just, say I didn't know those keyboard shortcuts, I could just click on the staff and put the notes in. Like I could just go low E, C, E, G, C, E. Click, 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 right, click, click. and then the, the, the style of doing that, like you would be intuitive. Like I wouldn't put an E flat like this no. easily, right? Like it would just put no. an E in. Uh, would... If you had to put a flat, you hit like a... Um, B or something, right? Two on the number pad. Two. Oh. You can you can now. This is not necessarily um, static. This is dynamic. Like I can change. They have different keyboard layouts. There's your traditional Notion one. You can change it to Sibelius if you want. You can pick like I got to have Sibelius as a number pad and Notion for the keypad or the keyboard. It, it's it, funny it, you said all... too because I was like on a finale. It's B for the flat and the plus sign for the sharp. Yeah. And that, that's that sheet back there is a, the keyboard shortcuts. Yeah. Um, and, and you can change the keyboards to what you want. Like you can change between Finale, Sibelius, and Notion depending on what you want. I tend to first try to learn the exact lingo of it. Because I did that with uh, PreSonus. I, uh, PreSonus you can set up to have all have avid hotkeys. Like as soon as you get the software, you can go click, make this like Pro Tools. And it is. But then I felt like I wasn't getting the experience of, for lack of better terms, the experience of Studio One, like as the software was written. So I'm like, all right, let's let it play to its strengths and just I'll, I'll kill, I get rid of the, that. I bought, you know, my stick on keys so I can just look and do it and spent like a week just living in Studio One. Yeah. And it really wasn't like a full week. It was like a couple of days and then it started to become automatic. But How once I got into it, feel like, I mean, like when I, so I use Reaper mostly yeah. and I do have, um, Steinberg stuff, Cubase, and I have um, Pro Tools, and I've had Logics before, and yeah, I had Logic but, and Pro Tools, but I like I almost never use shortcuts. Like I, I almost also. never like need to. I the only one I use sometimes is S, which is splitting. Like so, if you have a sound file and you need to split it, yeah, and do something. But that's about it. Like I pretty much don't use them ever. It depends on what you mean by a shortcut. Like, would double clicking in a certain thing in the wave file be considered? Like, there's a, a feature in um, Studio One where, say, I have a you know a track that's recorded, and you can see the wave file and so yeah. on, or the, the recording. If I double click on the upper half of it, I'll get function whatever I decide it is. And if I double click on the lower part of it, I get a different function. Hmm. So if I wanted to like split the track, I could double click on top. And it would split the track, and then I, I could move around the, the other part of it. If I wanted to say, say I did like three takes, and I wanted to put a different take in there, I could double click on the bottom with a different hotkey setup uh, for that, and that would take from like take three rather than take one, where which was showing, hmm. and put it in there. So there's yeah, a, so there's like a in Reaper, I just click the one that I want, and if I wanted to split it up somehow, I just put the split. Like the, I don't know. I, I think I know I know there's different like there's that. but there's all kinds of keys like I know you can use in Reaper but I just ne- I've never come across where I'm like oh I really wish I had this functionality. Well, I, that's a, 
that's why I lived in Studio One for that week. You know, I sat there with like the di- the reading through this key will do this. It was like, oh, okay. And then the stuff, the the hotkeys, you know, it's shortcut hotkeys, kind of the same thing. That becomes automatic for the things that I need most of the time. Yeah. Like that, those are the ones that become part of the arsenal, like splitting the track, editing, undoing, redoing. Uh, uh, what's the way to put it? Um, taking from different takes, you know, crossfades, all that stuff becomes... You, you need that to be efficient, you know, otherwise you're like, click, click, highlight this, go to crossfade, click crossfade. There it is, you know, versus just going X, you know, knowing the, the, the hotkey. Yeah, I wonder too, like, so one thing, the reason I like Reaper is I feel like the workflow is just really easy. Yep. The, the other thing I really liked about it was I remember just every time you load a Pro Tools, like blank session, it would take like 20 minutes to load it. And Reaper <laughs> will be like, you know, and it's ready to go. Yeah, that's the studio wanted. So it's like, oh, I have 20 minutes. I could actually record like a song in 20 minutes. Now in Reaper, it's, it's up, almost it's almost like instant. Like it's so fast. Yeah, but uh, but all the stuff like Reaper, crossfades and stuff like that's just built into the GUI. So like yeah, you just, it's just, it's the same thing with Studio One. Yeah, but like, I, it's not, and I'm sure I'm sure it is. Yeah, so it's like you don't have I don't have to think about like right click crossfade or anything like that. I just it just does it sort of yeah i just tend to like to screw with it a little bit you know it's like well yeah i can move i can move it wherever i want (laughs) it's really easy like you just hover over it and then the only thing that i didn't like about studio one when i first got into it was editing tracks like i just liked pro tools where i could have it you know slide everything down if i erase something and it just and there probably was a functionality for it but it took me forever to get into like how do I edit? Because I was used to editing the main window yeah. of the track versus this one, you open a separate edit window and it's not separate in the sense of like, you can't see anything else, but it just, the track that you're editing becomes like huge on the bottom and you have your main tracks up on the top. That's very logic like, and I didn't necessarily like that. And I kind of am still kind of apathetic on it. Like it's mm-hmm. like, uh, I'd prefer the studio or the pro tools way with that but in general the other features with studio one greatly i i i I like them 10 times better than anything that pro tools has plus the bugging factor plus screw you avid (laughs) so um you know to an extent and i lock good lord yeah yeah that is uh thank god who thought of the i lock you know, I get the copper protection thing just from a monetary thing of protecting like your IP, but good God, could you think of a less efficient way? I don't I think know. you could. I mean, I outside really of having like drive to somebody's house and or, and tell them personally that you're using their software at hey, this uh, time. Could you come over and put your code in? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's like I, it, I'm it in the middle weird. of the session right now. Yeah, yeah, but it's still a royal pain in the butt you know like i don't have a, I, I don't need a dongle because i have the internet but at the same time it's like i'm tempted to get one because if i decide to work when i don't have internet say something it just goes out it's like screwed is an understatement <laughs> like absolutely screwed so, so <laughs> of course at that point i could just uh, wi-fi hotspot off of my phone and get some type of signal and if there is no internet the world's going to hell anyway, so I, I, I don't think I'll be writing in that regard. Who knows? Maybe I'll try to get something out before, like, the sun catches up with us or whatever. I don't know. But uh, anyways, that... It's uh, the last be, message I, that comes from... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it could, have, it could have been something important, but no, it's just Adam yeah, complaining about... Out. 
<laughs> Pro Tools. <laughs> Screw you. Now, that being said, do I have a copy of Pro Tools first so I can open project files with other people? Yes. You just need that's, it to communicate. That's the, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. That's why I still have it. But, you know, I haven't had to use that as much in the last five to ten years, really. Yeah. In the last project that I worked on, not having Pro Tools as being my primary interface or like recording thing was definitely slowing things down because it, it took a lot more to extend it, like i'd have to make sure that i exported the stems and they were in the same type of bit rate that they wanted to import with pro tools to make sure everything yeah. lined up and uh not it wasn't too it was an additional hurdle that didn't need to be there if i just would use pro tools but i'm just like no <laughs> forget it no studio one you screwed me once twice that's it. That's it. We're done. Pro Tools. You're just a tool to me. You're literally a pro tool. So it, uh, <laughs> um, I should have more Talisker before we do these things. It's interesting, at least to me. Um, yeah. Not a knock on Knob Creek, but uh, sometimes you need some Talisker. Uh, but anyways, so in summation, I think that in terms of the software, you should grab a bunch of them and try them. And whatever one comes naturally in terms of like how you think is the yeah. one to go with. Like there's no reason to be like forced into a particular camp, especially now. There's so much out there. Yeah. You know, if you find that one is working really well for you, then absolutely go to the one that's working well. The music XML will solve most of your problems. And the other thing that'll solve the problem is print the PDF. Boom, and just send it to them, and they can enter it if they really need to. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think the, yeah, the, the main message readers. is that you don't have to be stuck with Sibelius and Finale. Yes. You have some options. There are some options, and everybody's got their own thing that's going to work best for how they like to communicate with their computer. It's like some people like E for an eighth note, other people like E for the note E, and some of them, I don't know what else E, e can, E for an eighth. Of course, that's an octave, so who cares? But uh, that'd be O or EO. I don't know. Yeah, I, it's funny because I actually like, I, I never really trusted the all keyboard thing, but oh. I like I liked to be able to pick the the note value with the numbers and then click the note mm -hmm. with the mouse. So like I'll move the mouse over E, press two or whatever and that's a half note you know kind of thing mm -hmm. um with uh or with i like that approach. All, like e is eighth note w would be whole note q is quarter note h is half note everything that's you, know, you know what some people do i'm pretty sure kurt, kurt rosenwinkel's like this is he just plays piano to a click and it picks up the <laughs> midi and then it fills it all out and then he can like adjust it and i'm like yeah, why don't i, mean, I do that like I'm there. proficient enough on the piano that I could do that, and it would probably be like ten times faster. <laughs> you know, just yeah, maybe I, I am not. And you that just quantize it, right? It's like a <laughs> you don't have, you don't have to do you, you don't have to play like all the parts either, right? Just pick the parts for that person, or at least True. enough of it. Play the melody or whatever. And then you can play the chords. Uh, and I might have to try that with Notion. I never got that to really work that well with Sibelius. I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I, the thing is you have to quantize it, right? You can't leave it at whatever. So you put it at 16th notes or 32nd notes or something. Yeah, that um, would so be a good idea to do from Studio One to Notion, like working in reverse. Like do the MIDI to quantize it and then put it in the Studio I One. I think most of those things do it, though. Like Finale will do it, I'm pretty sure. Hmm. You can quantize of course, this it. is the complete opposite of what Matt was telling us to do. Get rid of the quantization. We're like, quantize it. Of course, well, I, I only mean in terms of I know, writing I know. the notation down because otherwise you get like, 
because you press the key on the keyboard like a split <laughs> second later it's like that that's a 128th note you know yeah exactly <laughs> you're 128th off Damn oh it. my god it again yeah i am There's such 256 a 256 note triplet (laughs) (laughs) if only you know that's exactly what i meant to play yes what do you mean you can't play that i think think that's when like vi like zappa was like laughing about vi when he was like 17 or whatever transcribing his stuff because zappa wasn't i don't think he was thinking in the weird tuplet sort of world that he was just playing stuff that he'd kind of figured out but it just happened to be that it was like seven over eight sort yeah. of or something like that. Even though that's not really how he came up with it. He didn't like figure it out. And then Vi was like, well, the only way this actually fits is if it's really like seven or eight. But maybe like Zappa was being a little sloppy or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Know? So exactly. he just wrote it for what it was and it made him look like a genius. Same with like blues. Like if, if Vi would do a blues solo when the timing's a little weird and the, it comes a little behind the beat. It's like, well, that was 128th note behind the beat. <laughs> like, I think you're overthinking this. Yeah, sorry. It really wasn't it was thinking wrong. quite like that. Yeah. He was just I thinking, was I'm playing, I'm just playing behind the beat a little bit. Yeah. And I played that one a little bit ahead of the beat, but I didn't. What was it from the Talendega Knights? You know, to, hey, Dad, you said if, uh, if you're not first, you're last. He's like, Rick and Bobby, I was high when I said that. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so, all those types of things. It's like, yeah, that's uh, you're overthinking what I was doing. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, either way. So, fundamentally, find the software that fits your fingers and your intuitive nature. That's the There's the also bottom. MIDI guitar, too, right? We haven't talked about that. But. Oh, yeah. I, um, I haven't tried that yet, and I think it's mar- partly because you can get the MIDI guitars. They're actually pretty cheap. I think they're like three hundred bucks, but they're all right-handed. Yeah, exactly. Well, you can buy a MIDI pickup and mount it to a guitar. Yeah, I don't know if they well, they actually make that MIDI guitar one too. Yeah, I I've think seen it. it's slightly more accurate. Maybe I don't really know. I don't know. No idea. That's but even that, in- you put a MIDI pickup on there, it's kind of like okay, well, does that does that work? Like the Fishman, um, whatever it's called. Fluence, I think the fluence are the the fluence are the ones you can like change a thing. But there's they actually yeah. make the Fishman uh, MIDI pickup. I can't remember what it's called. Uh. Triple play, maybe. Mm. But that's anyway. why I'm interested in those Godin guitars, those nylon ones with them. It has a MIDI built in. Like yeah. he literally has a MIDI, MIDI plug and a quarter inch, depending on what you want to do. Which is like that would be cool. But that that's actually um, uh, John McLaughlin did a video. It's been like ten years ago, maybe more. He said, "This is how I do it." It's an instructional video, and he used the oh, Godin. He bought it, got a Godin because it did the MIDI stuff, and uh, so all the trans, all the notes on the screen and everything. I mean, it all came from that, so you didn't have to write it all out. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, you know, it, it, I can understand that. Yeah, no doubt. It's like a lot simpler. Sure. Hmm. You have to try that one day. Yeah. On that note. Yeah. Next week we complain about Dawes. <laughs> of course, we kind of just touched on him anyway today. So, it, uh, I don't know. It, we're looking at a couple of interviews here. We're trying to line up with some stellar musicians and psychologists. Yeah, so this should be very very cool coming up. Talking about music and anxiety. Well, we can't give you anxiety. interviews all the time. We actually probably could have interviews practically every time because 
we all love talking about ourselves, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're trying to keep it real, folks. Sometimes we just need to be the guys that are the center of attention. That's right. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, uh, yeah, like <laughs> wonderful having you again. Let us know what you think. Share yep. and like and all that. More stuff. topics to go into. It's different things to compare. So on yeah. and so forth. Yeah, we've, this is the thirty-third episode, so that's pretty good. Yeah. Hey, we got it at least over half a year. Yay! That's right. So, please see you. <laughs>